talk about spiritual gifts today, and uh, we'll go to First Corinthians and chapter twelve, <coughs> and we'll start reading in verse one. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away under these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts but the same Spirit, and there are differences of administrations or ministries but the same Lord, and there uh, listed elsewhere in this chapter and also in Ephesians 4, uh, the ministry gifts, uh, diversities of operations, but it is the same God with worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For by one is given the Spirit a word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so all, so is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, bond or free, and have been all made to drink into the one spirit. <clears throat> now, I've uh, uh, read through all of that, uh, to, uh, but I want to ex expand on it now. Now, <clears throat> we need to understand that initially this was written to a church in Greece, in Corinth. And um, <clears throat> he, um, he pointed out in uh, verse 2 uh, of what they had come from. He said, you were Gentiles. You were carried away with dumb idols, even as you were led. And uh, and so I want to take you back to um, the beginning of this uh, epistle and uh, just to uh, see what they were contending with. And um, and then we'll, uh, if we go back to chapter 1 in 1 Corinthians, and uh, we read... Uh, a number of things here he talks, we won't read the whole chapter, uh, but uh, he um, uh, he said in verse um, 13 of chapter 1, Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank my God I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I had baptized in my own name, and I baptized also the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other, but for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. It wasn't that he was against baptism, he just had other people doing that. He was concentrating on, on preaching because that was his um, special gift. But he said uh, to preach the gospel. And then he says, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Now, in uh, chapter 12, when he talks about the gifts of the Spirit, there's nine of them to mention there, and the first one is a word of wisdom, and I want to talk a bit about that, because uh, the wisdom is not uh, what we might think. It was uh, was actually talking about the 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 philosophies of uh, the people uh, that these had been brought up with and so on. 
And of course, the, the, the ancient Greek philosophers, they uh, quite uh, famous or infamous, whichever way you look at it, and they had very many different philosophies that they followed. Uh, you might recall if you read the, the book of Acts in chapter 17 when Paul was in Athens, which was not too far from Corinth, but, uh, you know, they, uh, they were there and he, he came to this place which is called Mars Hill or Arapagus. And, uh, <clears throat> and he said he was, he was so moved by the fact that the place was just full of idols. They had a, a, a God for this and a God for that and an image for this and an image for that. And, uh, and, and so, he also was confronted with the fact that there were all these philosophers there. In particular, uh, at that time, there were um, there were Epicureans and there were Stoics. And the Epicureans were the sort of people who their philosophy was, well, if it feels good, do it. I think we've got a lot of them living these days too. It feels good for a while until they get a hangover. And uh, And then the Stoics, of course, were the other end, and they were strict disciplinarians. And so you had the the two opposite ends of philosophy, if you like, and there were many, many others, uh, branches uh, all along the way, and been going on for many hundreds of years. And so <clears throat> they, but they said, we, we're confused by what you had to say because you're talking about somebody called Jesus and you were talking about the resurrection, people coming back from the dead. And uh, so they, uh, they, realized that the, all of the, the philosophies that they had uh, didn't include anything like this, of someone coming to save them from their sins and to prove it by rising from the dead and so on. And so they, uh, <clears throat> he went on further and he said, while I was wandering around looking at all of your idols that you had set up there, I found just an inscription, just a, a placard up somewhere or other, to the unknown God. He said, I want to talk to you about him because I know him. You don't know him, but I do. His name is Jesus. And uh, he he said he came, he lived, and he died a sacrifice for the sins of mankind. And God raised him from the dead. And he's he's in heaven right now listening to us as we're, we're, we're discussing these things. And so he was able to, to reveal to them that their philosophies didn't get them anywhere. Didn't matter how strict they were with their uh, their um, self-discipline and all this sort of thing. It didn't matter how much they sought after happiness with all the things which the, the flesh in this world can offer to you. It didn't give the answer of what really mattered. It was no satisfaction, which reminds us, of course, of what Jesus said when he said, if anyone is thirsting, anybody is craving to find a solution, let him come to me and drink. Because he said, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But he was talking about the Holy Spirit. And that's what we have experienced. Most of us here are spirit-filled people. We know what it is to be filled with God's Spirit. We know what it is to be satisfied. Because whatever we sought after in this world was not bringing us an answer. But when somebody preached the gospel to us, it gave us the answer. And I want to go on a little bit more here. And there's a lot said in the rest of this chapter and the next one about this worldly wisdom. And I mightn't get too far with the other gifts. I want to talk about the, this word of wisdom. And when he talks about a word of wisdom, it's really not talking just, oh, 
I've got this, this, this wise saying that just suddenly came to me and so on. Now he's talking about wisdom in the word of God. There's about spiritual wisdom. And uh, when he talks about the word of, of knowledge, he's not talking about people getting to know some particular thing. And I want to get onto that a little bit later if I don't uh, run into too much into tea time. But uh, anyway, we'll, we'll go back to where we were here. And <clears throat> he said there, not with the wisdom of words, not with the philosophies of this world, um, because they actually negate the the cross of Christ. The message of the gospel is negated by the philosophies of this world. And <clears throat> I guess what I want to say about that, I might as well say it now, there's plenty of other verses that uh, that back up what I'm going to say, is that the philosophies that we have in this world today negate the gospel of Jesus Christ. And a lot of them are in so-called churches. I um, <clears throat> I was actually asked on, to give a talk on this subject at, at, at Woodcroft, one of their daytime meetings that they were having a few weeks ago, and I was reminded that when <clears throat> I uh, uh, came to the Lord up in Sejuna, 1957, and uh, a year or so later I moved to Port Lincoln and I heard that a friend of mine that I'd gone to boarding school with uh, was going to leave the farm. I'd left the farm to go and preach the gospel. He was going to leave the farm that he was brought up down near Port Lincoln uh, to go and, and train to be a Methodist minister. And I decided I needed to go on a rescue mission because God had rescued me. Uh, I'd been thinking of doing that. <clears throat> and I went to him and I said, what are you doing, Michael? And he said, oh, I'm going to go to university. He said, I'm going to study psychology and philosophy. And he said, I think they'll finish up making a minister out of me. Said, what? <laughs> I said, look, I've got all the answers. God gave it to me. He filled me with the Holy Spirit. I know I've been called by the Lord now, and I don't need all of this. In fact, these things negate the gospel because they think that they can just uh, they can they can come up with some philosophy and so on and and it it comes in all different things and it comes from the churches and it comes from the the universities and it comes from all of the stories that get around and one of the things we're contending with these days and if we're not careful we can get sucked into this just the same as we can get sucked into the uh, the teachings of the churches, which are relying on the, you've got to have a degree in psychology or a degree in philosophy or a degree in something or other, it, it can sidetrack you if you're not really tuned in to to what uh, the Lord is is teaching us in the Word of God. And uh, <coughs> excuse me, so we just we just got to watch out that we don't get sidetracked by uh, all of these things. And one of the other things that's coming now that we're living in this uh, digital age or whatever they call it, all this this stuff where you can... I mean, I've been, I've been flitting around. No wonder I'm feeling tired. Last week I was in the Philippines. Last night I was in London. And now I'm in Elizabeth. And uh, <clears throat> so uh, you get around. But And, and there's some great things about modern science and uh, and we're just so thrilled that this has happened uh, and now we've got all of this that we can still communicate. I was 
looking at the little Zoom screen there last night, and uh, there were people in in Europe and and um, in, in, in England, which is different apparently according to English, and uh, and then there was there was people somewhere here in Australia and so on, and we were able to have fellowship with each other, and that that is that is fantastic, but. Um, Yes, yeah, so, but people get sidetracked with other things. But included in all of that, I was um, talking to a long lost relative uh, a couple of days ago and, um, and emerged and uh, it was good to see him again. But, uh, but he's all carried away with, with being on the internet all the time. He and his lady friend apparently got a huge TV and, and they, whatever they do, they play games or something rather than they're communicating with people all over the world. That's their life. How boring. And, uh, and all these things and other things that people get into that really sidetracks them is a lot of these, these theories that get around. A lot of these, uh, what do they call them? Conspiracy theories. And so there's, there's all these different things getting around apparently. They don't bother telling me. They know I'd shut them down straight away because I think it's a load of rubbish. Because there's only one truth. Jesus Christ said, I am the truth. I believe Jesus and all the people said. We don't need this other stuff. They might have a point here and there and maybe people, of course people are scheming about things that have been going on for ages. We go, we used to have a fellow that we were working with and he got sidetracked into thinking that there was an Egyptian Jew jumping out from behind every lamppost that was going to get you involved in things and they were taking over the world uh, and so on. Well, maybe they're trying to. Well, let them try. Jesus is coming back and he's going to take over the world in good time. We were associated with another guy who was all Jesuit, priests that we, we, we're going to take over the world, and I think that the current Pope is a Jesuit and so on, but he's not exactly taken over the whole world. He's doing his bit. So there's all of these things that come there, and our minds can get corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ, and that's why it's very important. So, um, yeah, we just don't, we don't need to know all of these things. But anyway, let's go on and read a little bit more. Um, it says in verse 18, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish is foolishness. And uh, it's a hard job to get through to people. They just don't want to know we are silly people, according to them. And they think we're a bit mad. Well, we're happy mad and we know where we're going. But unto us which is saved, it is the power of God. This message of Jesus Christ and the baptism in water and in the Holy Spirit is just absolutely fantastic. It takes over our life and um, just gives us a great blessing. Uh, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. And so the people that this world looks up to, and here's this uh, great philosopher and we get some fellow, I forget what his name is now, I think he died recently, he was uh, all crippled up and yet he was supposed to be one of the greatest brains that ever lived and so on, um, and it was no good to me, I couldn't understand what they were talking about, uh, but it goes on to say, where is the wise, where does it get them, it gets them to Mars Hill, and they, and, and they, they, they still say there's something missing, we don't know what it is, where is the wise, and where is the scribe, all the writers, 
or that they write, where is the disputer, the debater of this world? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? And it doesn't matter what theory that's brought up, whether it's evolution or any other theory, it doesn't matter what sort of uh, learning they've got and it doesn't matter how far they look into God's uh, uh, creation and so on, if they want to just say it all happened with a big bang um, and so on, well, yeah, they go on with all of that. I was talking about uh, oh, one of our dear sisters, Renee Chandler. Um, she and her parents are moving to Melbourne. We're sorry to, to see them go, but uh, they're a great, great uh, family. But uh, <coughs> Renee was visiting one of our ladies recently. He'd lost her husband and Renee and a friend of hers turned up and uh, she was telling us uh, how that she was in a school and uh, she was an absolute nightmare for the teachers because uh, for those who know Renee, she's got this permanent smile. She's, I tease her about uh, getting a husband. She said, I'm married to Jesus. I don't need a husband. And uh, God bless her. But she said she was in class and the teacher was going on about how it all sort of happened with a big bang and all this. And we said, well, we not really know what's behind it all. And, and he looks at her and he says, and what are you smirking at? He said, because I know. You know, what do you know? She said, God. Oh, sorry, I asked. So, uh, yes. So uh, that was one word that, that shut him down. He was the expert, but he knew nothing. And it goes on to say, uh, for after verse 21, after in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. All their philosophies, they didn't find God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Well, the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom, as we say. They, they, they had all the philosophers and, uh, and so on. But we preach Christ crucified. Under the Jews, a stumbling block. They just can't get their head around it. And the Greeks think that it was stupid. What did somebody want to go and get himself killed for? And, and so on. Well, he had very good reason. It was for us. But under them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. And that's, I guess, what we're wanting to talk about. And it goes on to say quite a lot about this. Natural wisdom, which includes all of these different ideas, and that they're all stacked together against the wisdom of God, and they're all going to lose because God is winning. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh. We don't have any great philosophers. Well, we might have some, but there's not many of us. They didn't teach philosophy at Matamakla Primary School, fortunately. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, it's how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Well, we've, we've got Pastor Paul Noble, but he's spelt different. Uh, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And we are, we're sort of, a, um, a novelty, I suppose, peculiarity. People can't work us out. We're, we're just, we're different. And as Pastor Peter says, let's be proud of our differentness. And it is, it is great. I've often told the story about my daughter and uh, her husband, Pastor Chris, 
and uh, somewhere or other he was witnessing to somebody and how he'd been a drug addict and this and that and everything else. And the guy said, yeah, well, that's so everybody's like that. And he said, no, he said, this is my wife. She has never tasted alcohol or smoked the cigarettes or taken drugs in her life. And they said, oh, we've got to meet her. She's different. And uh, so they they think they're, they're wonderful and they're following all these uh, things, but they're, they're all the same, just think they can be Epicureans and follow after whatever it makes them feel good and that'll make them happy and it only kills them. Anyway, we're going to read, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. So we're weak, but in, in a way we're strong because... We don't have to have all this stuff. Another little story. I was still home on the farm just after I received the Spirit and I was, uh, it must have been harvest time towards the end of the year and I went down to the Muttermuckler railway station with a, with a truckload of bags of oats to, to send off to the market and there was a guy there working on the, uh, as we're unloading it and uh, putting him in the stack of, uh, of bags of oats and, uh, he was a Canadian. He'd been in uh, in Korea um, in the uh, in the fighting over there. Uh, this is back in 1958, and uh, somehow or other he finished up in uh, uh, in Matamakla. You know, <laughs> so from Canada to Korea and and so on, and he'd been married and divorced and so on. And um, he uh, he offered me a cigarette, and I said, "Oh, I don't smoke." And uh, and he said, oh, do you drink? I said, no. And he said, no, uh, um, you don't swear. He said, uh, what is it with you? And uh, and so uh, he said, well, what do you do with your life? And I said, well, I feel sorry for you because that's what you do with your life and I don't need all that stuff because God is filled with his spirit and uh, and we all know the answer to that. But they don't. They think we're crazy. But they, if they're looking for somebody crazy, they ought to look in the mirror. Because what they're doing, does it, it's the wages of sin and it's death. Anyway, so the base things of this world and uh, and things which are despised as God chosen and things which are nothing, uh, to things, uh, uh, things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. So nobody's going to stand up to Jesus and prove that they've got something better. For of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom. There it is, that Jesus Christ is our wisdom. He is also our righteousness. We, Our righteousnesses were like filthy rags, but he has given us his right standing with God and sanctification, he's set us apart, he's separated us from the world, and redemption, he's paid the price for us, that according to it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. And we're going to read uh, chapter 2, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom. I didn't come with a great philosophy, declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified and I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and of power and uh, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of God 
And uh, I've, um, as some of you heard even last night, might have tuned in, so I know somebody did. Uh, and I just look back after 63 and a half years in the Lord um, as, a, as to why, uh, why I've survived. You know, Pastor Graham came to the Lord about the same time and, and a lot of you have been around for a long time too. And why have we survived? It is because we've embraced the simplicity of the gospel. We hang on to that because it's everything to us and, uh, and it supplies our need. And we have miracles happen. We're hearing them every time we go to a meeting. Somebody tells a, a little miracle that they had or a big miracle, if, if you differentiate between large and big ones. If it's impossible and it happens, that's a miracle. And uh, anyway, we're going to read... So God doesn't want us to stand in the wisdom of men. He doesn't want us relying on their theories, their philosophies, their uh, uh, whatever it is. I'm not against education as long as it's, it, it's helpful. But, um, uh, yeah, we've got to be careful that we don't replace the truth with this other stuff that, that, that comes in from outside. How be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, here I am of this privilege of speaking to a crowd of perfect people. And uh, uh, you didn't know that, but I'm talking about the inside. That's when Pastor Graham introduced me as beautiful before. He was talking about what God has made me inside, obviously, and all the people said. Yeah, okay. Well, praise the Lord. So we, uh, yeah, so here we are. We've been perfected by the, by the Lord Jesus Christ. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, it's hidden to the world which God has ordained before the world unto our glory, but which none of the princes of this world knew. Yes, the most famous people in this world have gone to their grave unsaved, and it's sad, really sad. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. You think about it, what did people do? God sent his son into this world and they took him out and killed him because he disagreed with their, with their philosophies. And so if they'd really known, they wouldn't have done it, but their heart was wrong. But as is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. And it's good for us to read things like this because it reminds us, we know in our testimony is we heard the gospel, we repented, we got baptized in water, we received the Holy Spirit and we spoke in tongues. But we don't realize the depth of what really happened to us there. We, uh, we were born again, the absolutely new creatures in the sight of God. And, uh, and now we have received the Spirit of God. And let's read a little bit more about it. But not those, the things of a man save the, the Spirit of man that is in him. We have a natural spirit that is responds to natural wisdom and all these sort of things. Um, so what knows what man knoweth the things of man save the spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. You can't really know God unless you've received his spirit. It's that's it's essential. It's not just about salvation, because the the, the flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of God. We have to have the spirit. 
But to get by for the rest of our life, how long that might be, we need the Spirit to guide us and to keep us on track. And, uh, the, and so I was just, as I was driving along uh, today, I have a prayer while I'm driving along over there by myself. And, uh, and I thought, now, I wonder if a cop's going to pull me over and say, ah, I could see you were talking, you were on your phone. And I would have been ready for him. And uh, who were you talking to? I would have given the same answer that Renee did. I was talking to God. And uh, there's, there's no law against praying. I had my eyes open. But uh, anyway, praise the Lord. Yeah. So uh, it goes on to say in verse 12, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, otherwise we'd have all this worldly wisdom, but we... Um, but the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, of God. You have to study years to get the wisdom of this world, and we get it for nothing. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And if we don't understand something we read in the Bible, we keep reading, and something else we read will dovetail into that and we'll understand oh now that's what that means but the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God and we're surrounded with heaps of them for they are foolishness unto him neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned but he that is spiritual judges all things yet he is judged of no man for who has known the mind of Christ that he may instruct him but we have the mind of Christ we think the way that Christ thinks. Now, <clears throat> uh, what I wanted to say, and I've probably nearly run out of time, and so there's only another eight gifts to go through. Uh, but um, <clears throat> so the uh, uh, the uh, the point that I'm wanting to make is that we we just need to understand that it's what the Holy Spirit gives us, but we are still got the natural side of us. <clears throat> and just the same as we can be swayed with anything of the flesh that, that is attracting us, and we're, we're still human, and we can, we can fall away from the Lord or stumble in our walk with the Lord, and we many, do many things wrong because we've got our eyes off of the Lord and onto the natural. And so it is with all of these things that God is listing about these gifts that the Holy Spirit gives of God's wisdom, of God's knowledge, of God's discernment. When it talks about discerning of spirits, the Pentecostals, many of them sort of say, oh, but I've got the discerning of spirits. I can, uh, we had a, one of Janet's aunties, uh, she was the lady that was next to me the night I received the Holy Spirit actually and uh, later on she moved to Port Lincoln and uh, <clears throat> the little group that she was going to we sort of lost touch with the people over there and she went along to this group uh, and um, and she came to Adelaide to visit us on one occasion and and she was having a laugh about it she said they got a new pastor in this CRC group that, that was there and uh, he got up on the platform and he said, I can tell which one of you has got demons. And so they're all looking at each other. I always thought he was a bit odd. And, and, and this sort of thing. <laughs> but she knew, we had taught her rightly, that once you receive the Holy Spirit, you don't have demons. 
So forget about him. We don't talk about the devil. Blow him. He's not worth talking about. We want to talk about Jesus. And so they they get carried away with this. The, the, the word of knowledge, some of them think, is that the, the preacher man, he's, oh, we've got the, the word of knowledge. Um, and, um, you know, we had the guy, when we first started up here, we had a, a, I don't know why we did it, but we invited the American fellow to give a talk at one of our meetings and, and uh, he said, uh, oh, I'm going to try the word of knowledge tonight. Oh, okay. So he got up there and he said, oh, have we got somebody here that's, that's got a, uh, uh, that's got, uh, you know, stomach cancer or, or, no. Uh, have we got someone here that's uh, uh, got asthma? No. Afterwards he said to us, that didn't work, did it? <laughs> and uh, it's just all, it's shamanship. And uh, and they get onto the gifts of healing. And, uh, oh, this this evangelist, he's got the gift of healing. He can lay hands on, on people and, and they get healed. And uh, I've often said to people, look, it, if you're sick and you come to me and I pray for you, I haven't got the gift of healing. I wasn't sick. You're the one that got the gift of healing. And and, and a lot of this is, is their pride that catches them out. They want to be somebody important. I've got something that nobody else has got. But as you go on, if uh, <clears throat> I'd left any time, I could have gone through and pointed out in 1 Corinthians 12 how that whatever is manifested uh, through any of us is not for ourselves, it's for us, yes, in the part. If we speak in tongues, we're edified. But if we prophesy, we edify the church. It's for the edification, the edification, exhortation and comfort, whether it be interpretation or prophecy and so on. But these things are not for us. They're not for us to, to glorify ourselves. It's not for us to sort of think, oh, here's my opportunity to, to preach a sermon to everybody. Well, that's not what it's about. And uh, sometimes we almost get the impression that some people think, oh, uh, here's my chance to, to, to add what the, the preacher left out and, and so on. And so that's not what it's there either. And we've got to make sure that whatever we're doing, whether it be an exercising faith, you know, like when we talk about healing, and the, it, it says in James chapter 5, that you call for the elders of the church and they pray over them anointing them with oil and, uh, and, and the Lord will heal them. The prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. But it then goes on to say, but you should pray for one another that you might be healed. And many testimonies that we have. Uh, I'd been away during the week and I got home and <laughs> uh, don't bother ringing me on the landline. I hardly ever check the, the messages on there and I'm not going to give away my phone number on the mobile because I might be driving and I'd get caught then. Um, but uh, uh, but um, I, I got a message from a brother interstate, a dear brother, and he was arching for urgent prayer for his wife who was very, very sick in hospital. And I checked the next message the next day. Oh, thank you so much for all your prayers. My wife is, is, is healed and home again. Well, praise the Lord. I'm, obviously, somebody had been praying, but that God had undertaken. So the prayer of faith saves the sick and the Lord raises them up and so on. Anyway, uh, what about the discerning of spirits? It's, it's actually about discernment. Let's have a look at um, uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 5 
And uh, we read there, <coughs> Hebrews chapter 5, and it says in verse 11, it talks of, uh, uh, well, it talks of Jesus being called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Uh, I won't get onto that story right now. Uh, but, but Jesus was, was, uh, uh, somebody really special of whom we have many things to say, verse 11, and hard to be uttered seeing you are dull of hearing. He preached too long and they were going to sleep. But for when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and have become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, in other words, mature age. They've been in the Lord for a while, and they've grown in the Lord, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And so it's talking about discerning of spiritual matters. And uh, this is what happens, that people have matured in the Lord. And that doesn't mean that that's gauged by how many years you've been in the Lord. It's gauged by how much you have fed yourself on the Word of God and uh, and involved yourself in the work of the Lord because so many things that that happen uh, to us there. So because, you know, if we're still immature... And the same as it is in the natural life, some people never really grow up. They never, some people rush into marriage, for instance, and, uh, <clears throat> and, and then suddenly they realize they've got responsibilities and, and, uh, they didn't, they didn't really expect that. They thought it all was just going to be, uh, you know, uh, well, what's the right term? I was thinking of beer and skittles, but that's the wrong one, isn't it? They were thinking. Bed of roses, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's better. And, uh, it, it didn't work out that way. And, and they have to grow up. Suddenly I'm a husband, I'm a father, or I'm a, I'm a, a wife, I'm a mother, and, uh, and the, there's bills to pay, and uh, we, we can't just expect to be having fun all the time. And so it is spiritually that some people don't actually mature. They're still being very childish. They haven't learned how to, uh, Cooperate. They haven't learned how to get on with their brothers and sisters, even, and particularly with somebody they're married to. Well, that's pretty important, and uh, and so on. And so they need some discernment. Anyway, praise the Lord. So um, I've covered a few of those things. Uh, but when it comes to wisdom and knowledge, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In Proverbs, we read that, and also another place, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Spiritual wisdom. And, and spiritual knowledge and spiritual discernment uh, come from the Lord and uh, they start off with us having a, a, a wholesome respect for God. That's what the fear, fearing God is, that we respect him. We know that he's watching and we're not, we're not terrified of God unless we're doing something really bad. And then we, we say so we should be. And when we first hear the gospel, quite often suddenly we realize, I'm a sinner. You know, I'd, I'd brought up to go to church and I didn't think I was a sinner. But I, when I started reading the Bible, one day I realized I was. And it was soon after that that I, I received the Spirit. So anyway, praise the Lord. All right. Oh, yes, just about the voice gifts. I'll just say a little something about that. 
Uh, we, we talk about that all the time, but it is very, very important that we understand that those gifts are there for the edifying of the church. And um, <clears throat> um, if we speak in tongues, we edify ourselves. And uh, when we prophesy, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 13, he that prophesies speaks unto men to edification, exhortation and comfort. And so <clears throat> it means it's there to build people up. It's to be, uh, it, it needs to be scripturally sound. It needs to be uh, guided by the Holy Spirit. It needs to be out of love and concern for, for people uh, and not for us to uh, um, see, uh, well, it talks about tongues. It says if you, if you speak in tongues and you haven't got love, you're just a big noise. A sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. You know, just an annoyance. You can speak in tongues, but the testimony is rotten. You know, and I'm sure that it applies with any of the gifts that might uh, be going through us if, uh, if we, um, you know, if we're not a, a living testimony for him, well, uh, it's not good. But down in chapter 14, and we read there in uh, verse, uh, 26, how is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you has a psalm, has a doctrine, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation, let all things be done unto edifying. So the whole church service, and that's the way that we uh, we run things. And we keep an eye on it if we feel that some people are, are not, uh, um, you know, uh, going within the, the spirit of what uh, the Lord wants. Uh, he says that there needs to be, if any man is speaking on an untangled, let it be two or at the most by three and that by course and let one interpret. When we first did the lockdown, the, the bag were only operating two tongues and two interpretations, two prophecy and somebody said, oh, you know, shouldn't we be having three? I said, well, actually, the Bible says two, but if you want to have three, you can. And, uh, so that, stop that argument. Anyway, <clears throat> um, let, verse 29, let the prophets speak two or three and let the other judge. And if anything be revealed to another that sits by, let the first hold his peace. For ye may all prophesy one by one that man all may learn and all may comfort. I, I, the church once where they thought they could all give three prophecies each. So with a, we'd be here for a fortnight. And uh, that's not what it means. Uh, but the, and then it says the spirits of the prophets are subject of the prophets. But the Lord is not author of confusion, but of peace. And so we are in control. Uh, when when the Lord gives us a message, we, we can all do it. If you if you've never prophesied or interpreted, pray about it. I didn't operate either of those gifts for the first year I was in the Lord. I was actually down in Port Lincoln, and the uh, the pastor there. I don't think he did either, but his wife did. And so he called a special meeting, and we got together. And uh, and we all prayed and prayed, and then we were going to operate the gifts. And I thought, oh, I'll I'll step out. And yea, thus saith the Lord. Yea, thus saith the Lord. And then I panicked, and uh, I felt stupid. And uh, anyway, then a few weeks later, we had another prayer meeting, and and a, a couple of words came. Oh, yea, thus saith the Lord. And I, I said a few words, and again I panicked. And, uh, and, but fortunately someone else came in and finished it off and I thought, oh, the Lord's came to my rescue and now, you know, I'm just able to do it and I know that when the Lord's moving there and he gives me a few words and away I go and he, he guides me with it and so on. But you can do it. If it's, if it, 
don't uh, feel up to it in a big meeting, make sure you do it in, in the house meetings. Have some special times of prayer and press in because it's not actually good for the church for the same people to be uh, offer, uh, operating uh, prophecy or interpretation time and time again because it almost becomes predictable. But if we all press in, stir ourselves up... 